gun. And to that uh, piece of shit lieutenant that's always uh, on his podcast, uh, bashing us, fuck him. <laughs>
Well, I think ultimately, I I, the, I think this is on parallel on parallel with act of terror. When I was in the Marine Corps, we always learned that an act of terrorism is when a movement is made or some type of attack. It could be cyber. It could be through uh, means of explosives. It could be through just uh, vocalizing something. And but the ideology is to change a political idea and also to hurt a system financially. And I think in this regard, so far, we've accomplished both. So one, the, the ideology is to to have a political movement, and that's moving towards indictment, and I think that's exactly what you're saying. It's on parallel with the police department, it hurts the police department. And the other thing, how do you get a movement to go in the direction of your ideology is to hurt a, something, a system financially. And they crippled the city yesterday, Saturday, and, and, and Friday by impeding the transit system. And the transit system is probably one of the most lucrative lucrative systems, uh, money makers for, the New York, for New York City itself. So they, I, I don't remember the numbers, but I remember in the police academy in 2004 for the New York City Police Department, and I remember them talking about what he learned on subways. I think just shutting down the city for 30 seconds, the, the loss is, is in the millions. So I can't imagine what the numbers are in this. It's a, it's a fair point. What do you think of the police response we've seen in the subway station, particularly when those when those rioters and paid agitators took over the subway system? Well, I think the police response is completely idiotic, feeble-minded. It's also embarrassing. It's embarrassing, and it also solidifies the point that you and I talk about in this podcast on a constant basis. But one there's two separate tiers and two separate classes within the police department. There's the police officers up to the rank of captain. And then anyone beyond captain, it's a complete separate job. Why? It just shows right now. Who's at the forefront of this actual riot? It's two-star chiefs. It's inspectors. It's anyone of high rank. Uh, and, and why? The reason why the public wants to know why. Because they have immunity from the Civilian Complaint Review Board. And they have a better position of combat in these lawsuits. That's why. First of all, it looks absolutely ridiculous. They're completely out of shape. They're not trained for this. They're not cops anymore. John, I've been saying this for the longest time. My argument is that anyone beyond the rank of captain does not need to be wearing a uniform. They should be wearing a suit. Yes, they work for the police department, but they are not cops anymore. And I will compare it to my service in the Marine Corps. My service in the Marine Corps is reflective of if you were at the rank of private up to the rank of general, you were held to the same standards. You had to do a physical fitness test. You had to shoot at the range. You had to take a picture in your uniform, and you had to look presentable in your uniform. Why? Because it's it, it's reflective of your ability to perform. They look terrible. They looked completely out of shape. I don't. I don't think you could hide. Like I don't. I don't think that this is this is a, a good a good strategy going forward. You know, obviously when you see a bunch of white shirts out there putting their hands on people and you don't see actual police officers doing the work and sergeants doing the work. And I get, yeah, they're leading from the front. They're leading from the front. However, in this, in, in these scenarios, like why, why do we go immediately to have like the, the complete upper echelon out on the street. You know, I, I, I think it looks terrible. I think it's a bad, bad notion. And I think at the end of the day, like, I know what you're saying, Eric, like, yeah, they put, they put their hands on people because they're, they're immune from the CCRB, but I don't believe that they saved anybody from CCRBs. I believe all of the lower ranks that were there 
I, I, whether it be at the train station, whether it be at the vigil, the vigil yesterday, all of those lower ranks will be will be going to CCRB. All of these lower ranks will are are we see them being berated by by city council members saying that they're brutalizing black and brown people and that they're violating people's First Amendment right when really they were following orders from those white shirts. And they will ultimately be the ones held accountable when it, the lawsuits come down to testify and when CCRB comes down to testify. And the white shirts that we've seen that initiated it and made gave the direction to arrest will not be. Well, first of all, I think uh, the focal point and the focus of who they're actually arresting is absolutely ridiculous. I, I saw them arrest uh, arrest a, a freelance reporter that looked like she was about four foot ten. Yes, she was annoying. She was screaming. It was it was definitely perturbing. But that's not the one that I would have arrested. I, I, I easily could have bypassed that and, and just ignored ignored her. The people that were getting violent, the perpetrators, the persons of interest suffers that were getting violent, impeding the transit system, where people, where they were impeding and on, on, on everyday citizens' lives, those were the people that should have been arrested. But all I heard from a system at a microphone is that if, if anyone's on the sidewalk or if they're using sound devices or if they don't have sound, per sound permits, those are the people that are going to be placed on the arrest. It's absolutely idiotic. I don't understand how these chiefs actually got promoted to chief because if that is the ideology, it's absolutely not working. We need to make the arrest of those who are actually impeding the lives of everyday citizens, those that have a violent nature. And in addition to that, we have to stop playing games. Jose LaSalle especially. He's putting on a complete act. Stop playing into his hand. That's not the one that I would have arrested. I would have easily bypassed Jose LaSalle. I watched the video of Jose getting arrested where they took him down to the ground. You can even see his mannerisms. It wasn't genuine. He wasn't actually yelling because he was trying to arouse a crowd. I think he's an ambulance chaser. He was just trying to make money, and that's exactly what he's going to do. He's going to have complete financial gain from this incident, and they played right into his hand. They played, yeah, stupidest thing. They let the professional agitator, Relly Rel, threaten a cop. And absolutely nothing was done to him. He should have been arrested. It was it was it was it was threats against the PO. It was it was violent, tumultuous behavior, and it was actually it was actually harassment of a PO, which there is a charge for in New York State. There's a charge for harassment of a, of a police officer. He did all of those things, and he was acting violent. He was coming at him like you know, shrug, like putting his shoulders with clinch fence, yelling at the guy's face. That's the person we should arrest to to tell the other. The other people this is not okay you're not going to get violent with us you're not going to invade our personal space but we don't arrest him we arrest jose lasalle who's microphoned up uh, probably his gold tooth has a microphone in it i'm going to just say something that you can't take off his body is is a microphone because they're already bragging they're already all over my social media that he's getting paid that he has 13 hours of tapes from the time he was arrested he's the last guy i'm arresting for bullshit. I'm not if, if we're not going to arrest Relly Rel, I'm not arresting Jose LaSalle and making him a millionaire again. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. And I'll, and I'll tell you another thing. What about the vigil? Like this is where I really have to say is there is a huge disconnect between the older, the, the, the upper echelon, who's still very much older cops and a different generation than our generation, the, the end of the Giuliani into the Bloomberg generation, where we are a lot smarter. We're just a lot smarter. We're a lot better capable of dealing with the public. We're a lot better capable of looking at the overall of a situation. 
we're at a vigil. They were at a vigil yesterday, and we've had a weekend that's been pretty tumultuous, but okay. Nobody's been hurt. There hasn't been any major, major incidents other than shutting down of streets, of roadways, and the train station. And they're at this vigil. They're on the sidewalk. Are you going to enforce at that time microphone without a sound? I mean, we don't, we're, we're letting everything go. We're letting open drug use go. We're letting all this nonsense go. Am I going to walk into a vigil and, and enforce that? I mean, it's enforceable. They're breaking the law. I mean, but they weren't even prepared to enforce it. That, that's the other thing. That's the other part of it. Like, they, not only did they, they, they go after a minor incident, they, sp- they actually escalated the incident. The chiefs there escalated that incident. John, if I can peel apart some of the things, some of the things that you just said, is completely intelligent, and that's why we were the best cops to represent the police department. Absolutely, and we still are. What the last thing that you said is so important. They were not prepared. It's obvious there was no strategic plan. There's no vision, and there's no leadership in this. There should have been some structure, and there should have been a basis for what is what is a, a, a list of top priority. And the first thing of priority should not be the sound permits. It's a protest. We should expect it's going to be loud. It's going to be noisy. We're going to hear expression. We are used to that. That's something that we're comfortable with. That's something that we could deal with. And in a case like this, we have to stop at what's top priority. Number one should be the safety of the residents and addressing violence. Anyone that is creating a violent, a violent nature, creating chaos and pandemonium and being tumultuous, they should be top priority and removed immediately. But I think it's very convenient that these chiefs are highly aware that it's not going to be prosecuted and they're afraid to put themselves in a position where they're going to face a civilian complaint themselves and obviously their personnel. I'm not saying that they care, but they don't want to be wrapped up into a civilian complaint along with their constituents, with their rank and file, and also for lawsuits. So it's easy just to peel off the sound permit, right? Because that's something that they might enforce it's something that's on the books. It's it's not as subjective, right? We could easily say, hey, listen, this is the time of night. It's late. It's re- reached this amount of decibels. It's extremely loud. We remove the permit, and it's a summons. That's all it is. It's not even an arrest. That's the other caveat to it, which is why I think they do that. And you can actually seize it. It's tangible. Hey, look, we have the speaker, and the person was issued a summons. And we were so kind. They weren't arrested. They got a summons. But you and I know it's not effective. It's completely ineffective. We need to make arrests. That's why they do it. Yeah, but you open up you opened up a can of worms. Like did did that enforcement would that, did was that enforcement necessary? Was it necessary? Did you need to endanger everyone there? The protesters, the useful idiots that are just there that actually think that they're protesting. <laughs> you know, you know you're gonna rile up the agitators. You know you're rounding them up when you do that. You know there's going to be a response. And you didn't outnumber anyone. You weren't prepared. You know, you see you see the two-star chief come over with his megaphone. Where's SRG? They're not with you. It's all white shirts. They're not there. What do you mean, where's SRG? They should have been lined up before you moved in to get that speaker. Before you moved in, there should have been a huge show of force. Shouldn't have moved in with, with, a, couple of, with a couple of chiefs and went to grab the thing. And then you have, you have reporters mouthing off and doing that and and i i listen i i'm not saying that what she did too is an arrest 100 percent. it's an arrest everything they did was legal and by the book i'm just saying stupid it was for no reason like we're, we're listen, 
all this other shit go, and then and then we're opening up a can of worms with with, with a fucking microphone. I agree with you. It's an arrestable offense, but we have to pick and choose our battles, especially in a situation like this, where that's why I said there should be a list of priorities. What's the number one priority? The violence. Absolutely. Is removing sound permits at some point possibly part of the list of priorities? Yes, but that's not going to be the top priority. We need to quell the violence immediately. That's the first thing we do. And then we go down the list. We would have a strategic plan of what is the list of priorities. Somewhere, I'm sure the sound permits would be in there, but that's not on the top priority, especially a situation like that that we need to gain under control. Here's the other problem I used to teach my personnel. And I, I'm watching this. First of all, I watch these chiefs and these cops put themselves in the middle of a crowd. It's absolutely ridiculous. We're lucky. Yes, this is a riot. There's resistance and there's passive resistance. So we, we're not at the point that's an aggressive riot. It's more passive. But it can get to that point, and this could be a dry run, especially since orchestrated where the subjects in this riot are testing to see the response of the police, especially since it's a diminished police department. And we see more chiefs now than we did before. We did see white shirts, but it's completely, it's completely chiefs and lieutenants and captains have been removed from this equation. But I, what I can tell you is this. I used to teach my personnel, if you put yourselves in the middle or you put yourself just on the opposite side of the adversaries, you become the show. Don't be a show. So half the police department should put themselves in front of the crowd, and then the other half should walk behind the crowd, and now you force these people to split themselves up into separate groups and not be that one large group, because now they have to address both sides and the different flanks. It's the psychology of it. It's a smart tactic. And then I watch them try to walk in so they can grab someone to sound permit. You tell me, I'm telling you right now, that's stupid. It's just plain stupid. So It should be like an onion at the each peel off the top layer and then peel off the next layer until you get to the, until you can peel off the rest and get inside the crowd. But to walk in the middle to grab somebody is absolutely idiotic. And they're very fortunate and lucky that it hasn't got aggressive to that point yet, but it could. It did. I mean, it did get aggressive. It got aggressive with a female and it got aggressive with the other guy that supposedly had a Molotov cocktail. I still haven't seen his charges. I still haven't seen a photo of this Molotov cocktail. I am curious to see what it was. I know he had a split, so I'm assuming on his head. I mean, he was resisting arrest. He was acting disorderly. I don't feel bad that he has a split on his head. That's what you get when you fight with the police. That's what you get when you fight and you act violent. Um, I don't feel really bad for the reporter that got arrested either. I mean, she was acting like an idiot. But with that being said, I, I agree with you, Eric. You know, it was it was it was really done, and it was really done unsafely, and it was done with a potential to harm all of their personnel, including people who were actually there protesting. You know, you, you put everyone in a bad situation, yourself, the men and women that, that are with you, and then, and then the other people that are there. All, honestly, for me, I think it was an ego thing. We told you, we told you that you can't have that microphone. You know, it was still daylight out. It wasn't that loud. Let them say what they got to say. Like you said, if it got into the night hours, it went off for a long time, continuous warnings, and then and then take it. I don't think it needed to be done. Did it? Well, it's, it also proves these chiefs are antiquated. They're outdated. They're not prepared for the modern era policing. And I like to highlight and reflect also that, again, I reflect back to the Marine Corps because the Marine Corps is a great example for me. From private to general, the uniform is the same. The general is going to wear the same thing as the private. So here we are. We got our cops out there policing in this riot, and they're strapped and and 
were strapped with boots on and they have their gun belt. They got their tasers. And guess what else they have? They got a body camera. And what do these chiefs do not don at these riots? They do not don a body camera. That is completely ridiculous. How are you setting the example? If your personnel has to wear a body camera, so should you. So my question is this, and I put it on Twitter today. Are these chiefs more transparent than cops in uniform or are they privileged? Yeah, I think that I think that they're totally privileged. And I think that what this weekend highlighted is that they cannot do the job of the modern era cop. Because every time they do it, it turns into a fucking debacle. And then the modern era cop is left holding the bag. They're left answering out the lawsuits. They're left going to IAB. They're left going to inspections. They're left ultimately getting hung at CCRB. You know, because CCR, like you said, Eric uh, put out a tweet. He said CCRB is salivating right now. And believe me, that is exactly what they were doing with every video. Who's that cop? Where's that cop? They're not looking at what, what that person did. They don't even care if that person spit in your face. Soon as they see any interaction, we want that cop. We got a case. Here we go. Boom, boom, boom. And they're putting cases together. And what are they putting that case together? To find you guilty. That's it. They don't get one, whatever case they have, their goal is to find you guilty. I mean, we highlighted here on this podcast what their mission was. Their mission was not to look at the totality of the, 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 the total of the circumstances. Their mission is to prove what the complainant is saying. They're the CCRB. We only look at the civilian's point of view. That's not my words. That's the CCRB chair words. So, I mean, it, that, that's exactly what's going on. They also meeting right now and and i do agree eric i think that it's it's privileged because again i don't think these chiefs are going down to ccob over it well first of all i like to make i like to make a recommendation to the chiefs if you're out there and you watch this podcast first of all you exhibit zero leadership i would never see in the marine corps two generals or two highly ranked leaders together in the same area it makes no sense and you're fortunate that this I do think this is violent, but it hasn't got to that point yet. God forbid, if there was some sniper, who's he going to take out? He's going to take out the two chiefs that are right standing right next to each other. It's absolutely idiotic. It completely goes against all tactics and uh, the ideology of battle. And, and make no mistake about it, there's different degrees of battle. This is this is a battle, and there's a fog of war. This is absolutely ridiculous that the two chiefs are standing together. How do you kill a snake? You cut off its head. It's the same thing. Well, obviously... There is no vision and there is no leadership. So the question is, if someone was to remove these two chiefs, would they be operating the same way? Because clearly there's no, there's no leadership. One chief should be with this personnel and directing them and giving them support physically, emotionally, and giving them leadership and good direction and utilizing their resources. But two chiefs should not be standing together. It looks ridiculous. It's embarrassing, and we lost that sense of presence. I watch these chiefs completely out of shape. Obviously, they haven't taken a physical fitness test in many years. They haven't exhibited any type of training as a cop. It looks absolutely ridiculous. I, honestly, they're lucky that one of them haven't, hasn't sustained a heart attack, God forbid. I mean, we always hear things when it's snowing. If you're older and you're not staying in shape, don't go out shoveling. And my advice is the same thing for these chiefs. You haven't been out in the street in so many years, and you haven't maintained physical fitness. Well, you should be out there because, God forbid, you could sustain a heart attack right there. And how are you going to support the men if you can't support yourself? 
It's a great point. I mean, they're not in shape. They're completely out of shape. Their job is basically they're eating all day long. Not that that's their job. I'm not saying they don't do work. They're administrators. You know, I, I'm sure there are meetings all day. They're busy all day, but they're eating. They're completely out of shape. And I, I don't think that they're too old, but they look too old because they're out of shape. You know, and like I said, I posted something today. King Leonidas was 60 years old when he fought at the Battle of Thermopylae. Thermopylae. These guys wouldn't be able to walk 30 miles to a battle and then go fight in the battle. Like that's this guy was 60 years old. He was in tip top shape. He was like, yeah, yeah. Oh, 300,000 people. Yeah, we could beat him with 300 guys, you know, Um, and physical battle, physical, arduous battle, physical, physical, arduous. Um, I'm not saying that humans today are not in that, that shape as, as, as they were. These people walked everywhere. They hunted for their food. They farmed for their own food. We don't do that overall or less. But, I mean, but, you know, they could walk. You should be able to walk up the stairs. I mean, a lot of people, they don't look like they could go up the stairs. If you told them to walk up, start at 1PP on the first floor, walk up to your office, they ain't making it. John, I, we talk about this all the time. We talked about this offline today. The first... The first level of presence and the first the first ideology of violence when it comes for a police officer, because violence should be met with violence, is presence. Their presence alone just completely is inadequate and doesn't ap- appear as a deterrent. I do not expect a 60-year-old man to have the same physicality as a 21-year-old or 22-year-old that just embarked on the police department. Absolutely not. I wouldn't ex- I expect a 21-year-old to be able to run a mile and a half in 11, 10 and a half minutes. But I don't expect that from a six-year-old. I expect a six-year-old to have a good presence to look in shape for a six-year-old. Maybe he can run the, the mile and a half in 15 minutes. There should be, but that is a standard. But they look like they couldn't even walk for five feet. It just looks ridiculous. They should not. They need to be prepared. They're not, and that's what I'm saying. I don't expect them to have the physicality of a 20-year-old, 21-year-old. But to sustain that type of stress, to be out there in those elements you need that physicality for a 60-year-old man. They need a good diet. They need to have a, have a good appearance. And why? Because they have to avoid a heart attack, God forbid. Because if one of them does sustain a heart attack, how can you now help the men? Because now they have to help you. They have to make sure you're okay because someone in the crowd could remove their firearm. And now we have a very aggressive and potentially deadly incident. And that's what we need to think about. And if they really were responsible and they had good leadership, they would actually stand up and say, hey, I'm going to have to remove myself. I am not physically prepared for this. And if I go down, God forbid I, I get a heart attack or something physical ailment happens to me and the men and women have to attend to me and someone could potentially remove my firearm, you're now impeding on the ability of that unit. That is a major problem. That's a lack of leadership to have the humility to actually admit that. To have two chiefs standing together is absolutely ridiculous. One chief should be handling that situation. One chief should be somewhere else. Do not put your top leaders together. It's absolutely uh, idiotic. When I was in uh, the Marine Corps, we learned what's called SULE, S-U-L-E, Small Unit Leadership Evaluation. That's why we have a sergeant that is in charge of eight cops, a lieutenant's in charge of three sergeants. Small unit leadership breakdown. With two chiefs there, if you cut off their head, the whole thing breaks down. So we had, uh, you know, like, and, and if you just look at it from like an overall standpoint, right? If you look at it just from an overall standpoint, you had a weekend of protests that turned into riots, right? And it basically happened every time there was a protest. It it, it just kept uh, eroding into a riot until something was taken over. We're stopping cop cars. We're harassing cops. We're stopping trains. 
Um, we're just completely not listening to anything. We're not following any type of societal norms or the law. Um, and we've seen that. But what do we see? We've seen only 12 arrests, right? 12 arrests in total. 12 arrests in total. You know, and I, I just heard the press conference. It's 12. Um, so the strategy, I, I'm assuming, is well, we're going to arrest less. And that'll bring down the city's liability. And that'll bring down our police officers' exposure to CCRBs. But I'm not fully confident that 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 happened. What do you do? You think that there will be less lawsuits from this weekend and less CCRBs from this weekend than we will have seen in the June 4, 2020 riot that you were involved in? First of all, you're 100 right. That's <clears throat> that's exactly the ideology. Excuse me, I think I had a bird flu again, <laughs> but. <laughs> That's exactly the ideology, 100%. Actually, I'm going to counteract that and say this. I think there's going to be more lawsuits and more CCRBs emanating from this event. Why? Because easy for someone to say, hey, police officer McCarry touched me. He pushed me. Okay, great. Let's look at the arrest report. No, I wasn't arrested. Okay, let's look at the, uh, the summons. I didn't get a summons. He pushed me. And there was no mission and no purpose. So there, I think there will be more civilian complaints emanating from this, more substantiations, and right now, the PBA is completely out of it right now. Pat Hendry is going to be elected. So, hey, Pat Hendry, when you have a chance, please read the disciplinary matrix so that some of these cops don't get fired. You think these chiefs that are standing there are going to stand in place for these cops that are going to stand department trial? Absolutely not. They'll be aging out, and they'll be out the door, and they'll be sipping beers with Chief Monaghan together. Hey, remember those stupid idiots were at this riot? Oh, yeah. We told them that the guy, the guy had a Molotov cocktail so we could rile them up. I don't know. That's what I think would happen. Yeah, they'll open up a consulting company too. How to do how to do whatever anybody asks you to do. You just do it without any fucking brain in your own. Um, but what I, how to open your ass and have another man use your mouth for you. Um, what, uh, what, you know, I, I personally, I agree with you. I agree with you. I think that there's going to be more lawsuits. You open your guys up for more shit. I personally think that the, 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 the best response for large scale events is what we saw at the at the RNC in 2004. I think that was the, the, the best thing. People act up, they get arrested, they go to jail. You inconvenience them. You let them out two, three days later. You trickle them out 45 minutes apiece. Boom, boom. After a night or two of eating bologna and cheese sandwiches, you don't want to riot in New York City streets anymore. Keep it down. City did pay out lawsuits from that. He's always paying out lawsuits. They don't fight them. They don't fight them at all. And, and, you know, what do we hear from the response from the June 4, 2020 riot? What was, what was the department statement? The department statement was we reimagined the way we handle large-scale events. What do we reimagine? We didn't do anything different. Now we're just not arresting people. Now we're just going to arrest less. We still have to use force because it's part of our job. I've seen people getting pushed. I've seen people getting pushed. On the train i've seen people getting yelled at on the train i've seen people getting threats of arrest on the train right because they deserve to get arrested and obviously you have to warn these people before you're going to arrest them so they would threaten the rest and i agree with you 100 i think that you're still going to get a ton of ccobs you're still going to get a ton of lawsuits and the city's going to pay it out again and they're going to use that same dumb statement again we reimagined how we handle large-scale events without with just sending you guys out there with nothing to follow old men who would obviously terrible 
because they can't put the whole scenario into their brain and understand what that's going to do, what the reaction is going to do. And then even if they understood it, they weren't prepared for the reaction. <laughs> they weren't prepared. Absolutely. Outnumber before you're going to move in. Are you serious? Like, it's, it's, uh, it's pathetic. I, I'd, also like to, I'd also like to move on to talk about this because we're not hearing anybody say it, but it's the truth. I worked in three different commands throughout my career. And also throughout my career, I was detailed to so many different locations. And everywhere I worked through my entire career was black and brown. It did not work in any predominantly Caucasian neighborhoods or, or Asian neighborhoods. I worked in areas that were black and brown. And I've seen the most heinous crimes. I've seen eight-year-olds shot. I've seen babies intentionally drowned. I've seen little girls raped. Disgusting. The most viable crimes that you can imagine. Blacks killing other blacks. Yes, I worked. There was a lot of good people there, but I didn't deal with the good people. I was out there looking for illegal firearms and the people that shot other people. These were the perpetrators I was dealing with, and I never saw an outrage. Not one. No protest. No riot. Nothing. Some people were stopped the violence t-shirts, and how did they combat it with basketball games? But I never saw an outrage like this. The only reason that this outrage, and I'm saying it here and I'm saying it now, is because Jordan Neely was black. And Daniel Penny was white. That is absolutely the only reason. This is completely reflect reflective of identity politics. I've seen so many heinous crimes. Again, blacks killing other blacks in zero outrage. What makes this any different? Just because he's white. I agree with you. That's all we're hearing is, is black and brown communities are brutalized by whites. And we're hearing that the police department is overwhelmingly brutal towards black and brown communities. It really, I'm telling you, I, I really don't even see the connection between these riots and Jordan Neely. They just need a name. They don't give a shit about Jordan Neely. Because like I said, they're stepping over black homeless people to get on their way to get to those protests. They can give two shits about Jordan Neely. Nobody. And you know who exhibited the, who actually exhibited their ideology the best is, is you know, the idiot in charge, New York City Mayor Eric Adams. You know, you got a question, you know, if you want if you want to question a man's leadership, look who he surrounds himself with. I mean, obviously, we're knocking his chiefs. These are the guys he appointed. These are the guys that he put him in place. These are the guys you see his whole administrative uh, administration around them. You see his deputy commissioner of community affairs, um, complete incompetent guy. I mean, just everyone around him has a criminal past or whatever it is, whether it's in the police department or not. And they're just questionable, questionable people with questionable integrity. His pastor, Lamar Whitehead. And he said that he reached out to the family several times. The family said he, they're full of shit. He never reached out to, to Jordan Neely's family once. Um, the uncle called him out, said he has no, he hasn't heard one, one word from Mayor Adams. And you know what? People of New York City have not heard one word from New York City Mayor Eric Adams. He said originally, let the investigation play out. Then the protests started. Then trains got shut down. Then people got arrested. Then he comes out last night and says, oh, somebody got arrested with a Molotov cocktail. He has not commented once on these protests that, that, are, that are all over. They're all over. They're all over the news. They're all over the mainstream media. Everybody's asking about it. Every resident. The businesses are watching his response. And his response is... Going out to eat. Going out to eat. You know what I want to hear, John? I want to hear from three people right now. I want to hear from Mayor Adams. 
I want to hear from Philip Banks. And I want I want to hear from Commissioner Sewell. And this is exactly what I want to hear. If I was commissioner today, I know we've always heard that terminology. If I was commissioner for today, if I was mayor for a day, this is what I would do. I would get on the phone with the executive director of the Civilian Complaint Review Board and say, listen, I'm determining I'm determining this a riot. This is a, a mobilization from, from this day forward until I say which day it ends. And during this time, there will be absolutely no civilian complaints going this, through this department. It's going to be special cases, and it has to go through specifically through me. Any civilian complaint that comes my way will be overturned. It has to be something of a special case and of a special nature. Absolutely not will we treat this as any other day of the week. This is an act of terror. This is an act of violence towards a diminished police department. And also in regards to that, I want to see these chiefs start taking charge as leaders. Read a book. Look at one of Jocko Wilnick's books. Read Colin Powell's book. Read about actual leadership and inform your cops on the ground. Talk to them. Give them direction. Give them true leadership. Be a mentor. Tell them I support you. How do you support them? You need to talk to the commission and say, we need to get in touch with the Civilian Complaint Review Board now. We need to suspend all civilian complaints while this riot is going on in order to bring this to a quell. We cannot be out there with kick gloves and afraid of a civilian complaint and lawsuit liability. That's the only way to bring this city back to normal. Otherwise, we're going to bring the city to its knees. That's 100% not happening. That's 100% not happening. It's in the city charter. But what they should do, considering the fact that everything is being happening on their specific orders, as we see, not, not, I don't know in the train station, but clearly out on the street at that vigil, the actions that were taken were taken directly. We had the chief of patrol there, you had the chief of transit there. That was taken directly from their orders, whatever action was taken. Cuff her. Do that. You actually hear it on video. They should be like, I'm the one that gets the CCRB. I'm the one that's going to go. I'll testify. But you're not going to see that. You're going to here. Push somebody right in front of the bus. Here he is. Oh, he did that? Oh, I didn't see him do that. I didn't see him do that. You know, I wouldn't fly for a lieutenant. That wouldn't fly for a sergeant. If you're in the middle of an active riot, and one of you guys did something, you'd be you'd be fucking guilty of it too, right? Fail to supervise, whatever whatever you want to say. Um, but I I don't I don't think you're going to see any leadership because we haven't seen any leadership. I mean, they let their police department get the the amount the size of their, the police department diminish. They're letting morale sink. Um, there is no leadership on this job. Every everybody's self serving at this point. You know, and uh, that's all I, really I agree with you 100%. I, th- I believe it should be like bookends. They start it and they should finish it. And it should be just like in sports. They should follow through, complete follow through. You started at the riot. You initiate the response from the police department to make these arrests and cuff these people. When it comes down, to, down for the civilian complaints, you should also handle those complaints and you should go testify with them or in their place. Absolutely. You're standing there now. I want to see you stand there in, 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 in 18 months from now when these police officers are facing the substantiations at the department trial with the department advocate facing the disciplinary matrix trying to fight for their jobs. But where will these chiefs be? They will know where to be found. They will be retired just like Chief Monaghan. 100%. 100%. Having it working for his consulting firm. 100%. 
But well, you know what, John? We're about forty minutes into this. I think we covered some great stuff with with these riots. We're watching closely right now. Ultimately, we want the safety of the cops. That's the most important thing right there. Yes, you have to you have to be mindful of lawsuit liability and civilian complaint review board. However, love yourself, and I believe that your body, your personal space is more important. I'm tired of seeing these chiefs and these these low level bosses, sergeants, and lieutenants allowing these perpetrators stand over police officers and just totally berate them. 99 times out of 100, there will be no action. But I'm not going to take that chance. There could be that one person that retracts a knife or a firearm and takes that police officer out. Do not let someone in your space. If you have to take that civilian complaint, so what? Your life is more important. Absolutely. It's more important. It's more important today. It's more important tomorrow. There's a family member out there that's waiting for you. Go home safely. I did it myself. I wouldn't tell you. I, let me tell you something to the cops out there. I would never tell you to do something that I wouldn't do myself. And, John, same thing. If we were at that riot, we're not going to let someone in our personal space. Absolutely not. I don't care what chief tells me it or tells you the same thing. You have a right to protect yourself. Remember that. Yeah. Let them say whatever they want, but just do it from a distance. Do it from six feet away from me. I don't care. When you're far enough away from me, it's fine. You can say whatever you want about me. I'm a bald-headed dick. Yeah, yeah, I'm scared of you. All this other shit. Say whatever the hell you want. 100%. Don't react to these people because that's what they want. They want the minute you step off that curb to go get them, you're wrong. You're guilty. Nobody's going to have your back. But don't let them right in, in your face like that. To the cop that, that dick rally rel. I don't, I, you know, I'm not faulting you at all. His sergeant was right with you. He didn't say a fucking word. He didn't get in between you. He didn't do anything. Shame on him. Um, you know, but yeah, absolutely. Keep these people. Oh, and uh, Nickus was there too. And Nickus fucking ran away. He's seen the whole thing and he knows exactly who he is. And he ran away, squirmed up the block with his little legs, pounced up to the, pounced up to the, ran off in the thing. It's, it's a fucking joke. It really is. And then, you know, we ignore that, but we're going to get these guys for, for speaking on a microphone at a vigil. Like, let them fucking say whatever they want. You know, it's, it's, but again, I, I just think, I just think it just highlights the real stupidity. That's what we want. We want the overall health of everyone in New York City, the cops and the people, right? And, and when you have idiots in charge, particularly in the police department, you make situations worse, right? Everyone hates when the chief shows up. Why? Because you guys make bad decisions. Oh, let me go out there and play. Why? Because you're not making the collars anymore. You're not stuck in central booking anymore. You're not stuck in the hospital. And even if you are, at the end of the day, you're not stuck holding that CCRB. You're not stuck holding that lawsuit. You're not stuck worrying about if you're going to pay this fucking scale your salary or if you're going to lose your fucking job for bullshit, for absolute bullshit. And you're, you're hurting people's careers. I mean, that's the and that's and that's the shit that makes people not like you guys when they roll their eyes when they see you. That's why it's not because they hate you or because you're the boss. Listen, everyone's going to get mad at some shit. But that's like what happened there is exactly why people can't stand you is because you, you're completely silent about the nonsense coming down from this administration and the last administration. Yes, boss. Yes. The Blasio is a great guy. The Blasio is the best mayor for eight years. And now Eric Adams the be- was the best cop ever, and now he's the best mayor ever. And that's why people can't stand you. And then you want to go out and play like it's 1980 again and beat people up and lock people up for fucking disrespecting you. I mean, you know, when these guys are getting abused every day, and like, oh, oh, you can't get disrespected. Only I can every day, you know. Well, 
you know what? It also proves that they don't have the same fortitude that the cops have from our era because they can't take someone being loud and get into their ego, which is something that we've had to bear our entire careers along with the, the right to know act and all these other laws of, of, of the right to uh, the right to video record police, the right to be the right to be expressive. I mean, on a daily basis, my name was suck my dick and go fuck yourself. And these chiefs, they can't handle it. This is the first time they've been exposed to video recordings. This is the first time they had cameras this close in their face, and they can't take it. And that was a normal day for us. They absolutely do not hold the same caliber that we did. I don't even want to hear it. It just don't. Even, it doesn't even come close. And they're showing it right now because they're the ones that should be the voice of hope and the voice, the voice of guidance. And you ask me, I think it's an epic fail, just a complete failure. And with that said, the most important thing, exactly. Where's the body camera? And you know what? I'm sure they don't have business cards on them either. I'm sure. But you know what? Here's my mess to the cops. I was never that guy. If you're directed by one of these chiefs to make an arrest, you make sure you put that chief's name on all your paperwork. Put it in your book. I don't care. Put it on your head. Because when you're facing that civilian complaint review board, if you get substantiated, now you're holding the bag for civil liability and you'll have to pay the money out of your pocket. You get that chief's phone number. You get all the information. Make him pay it, not you. Absolutely. And they should be out there wearing the body camera, right? Everybody else could wear it. Put it on. Everybody else could wear it. It's a great thing. Body camera is great. Transparency, accountability. Love it. Best thing ever. I'm not fucking wearing it. You know what? That Exactly. You said it all right there in that statement. Just the fact, I believe a picture is worth a thousand words. The fact that they're not wearing it, that speaks volumes to me. You want to represent your men and women? Put on that body camera and don't tell me you can't get one. You're a chief. You can make a change today. Absolutely. It's it's complete. It's complete, complete hypocrisy and complete immunity and complete privilege. White shirt privilege. Again, I say it starts at two star. Um, so it's I, that's that's what I personally believe. I believe two star. You know, we see we're seeing inspectors still holding the bag for the for the twenty twenty riots that's still going on and every incident that happens you just throw it three years out into the future you guys are going to be holding the bag who was over there that day and like eric said these guys are all going to be retired doing something else talking about how great the body camera is that they never wore how great ccrb is how you guys need more transparency more training and they're going to re-envision how you're going to handle large-scale events in the future the ones that they oversaw by the way and made the decisions and, and ordered you to do things on John, let's close, let's close this out with this. I'm going to ask you this. What is your prediction for the outcome and the fate of Daniel Penny? And what is your overall prediction and outcome in three years from now? What is this the whole totality of this event going to look like? What are we going to see from this event? What are we going to hear spoken about? And will the... Uh, Will the attorney general get involved as well? What is your prediction for this whole entire event for now and three years from now, reflective of the post-George post Floyd riots? Like I said, I think everything's incremental steps towards abolishing the police. So I do believe Daniel Penny will be indicted for the Jordan Neely's death. I believe he will be indicted. He will be indicted due to pressure from the mob. I believe that the attorney general will try to bring him up on civil rights charges as well. Um, I do believe that. And I believe you're going to see a lot of legislation come through city council, New York State Assembly, 
And you may even hear some at a national level. And you're going to hear all this, these bills, these anti-police, police reform, criminal reform bills that are going to come, that are going to keep moving the bar to make your job even more impossible. And by the way, I just have to add this in because I just don't want to leave this out. All you fucking delegates, all you. First of all, Corey Grable never ran a real fucking campaign. That guy was paid opposition. That was fucking bullshit. He never even had a campaign. He didn't even try to get those signatures. But the ones cheering, the 400 of you cheering, and you won't let anybody else get in there. I'm just congratulations. You just instilled Joe Biden. Barack Obama, who's Pat Lynch, is going to be running the PBA from the fucking Hamptons. He's going to take $800 million and it's going to be a slush fund for the fucking Democratic Party that's going to do all of this anti-police legislation that's going to destroy your fucking career, your kid's career and everything else while he implants his son into a trustee spot in a year. And he's not going to go out on the street ever again. He's never going to wear a body camera ever again. If any of you guys did what he did, you would all be fucking fired and you know it. You fucking know it. And we're going to and all that's going to happen this PBA, all that's going to happen is your fucking money is going to go to this legislation that is going to make your job impossible. That is going to lead to abolish the police department. And it's going to happen because you're a bunch of fucking morons. That's why, because it's all right in front of your face. You sit there and say that me and Erica spread misinformation, but all this shit that we're talking about here, it's all a result of the people they support. And I'm making the prediction right now, and I'll, I'm fucking completely certain of it. Those two cocksuckers that call me a fucking piece of shit, when I'm when we're doing this for no, for we're doing this out of the goodness of our own heart, call me a piece of shit. They're gonna be working for fucking Kathy Holchill, and they're still gonna be feeding you bird feed because you're a bunch of fucking morons. And by the way, I'll be in New York all July. Anybody wants to come see me, let me know. On that note, drop the mic, brother. That was well said, absolutely on point. Think about that to the police officers out there. When you get your ballots, there's only going to be one name on there. Corey Grable did not get the signatures. You don't even have an option of who you're going to vote for. That's okay. The guy came to the precincts. He gave you bottle openers. And you are forced to give put his name. You have no choice. And you know what? When he ages out, just think about who's next in line. It's not too hard to figure out. I've been saying it. I've been saying it for some time. These executives on the job, they clear the pathway for their sons and daughters. Well, who's leaving and who else has offspring? So think about that right now. I know you can read between the lines. Read it now. And that's what's happening to you, and you're allowing it to happen. The delegates in, the, in your commands, they're not keeping you informed. Why? Because they have to look out for their own interest. They want to move, move up also in the PBA, so they have to play nice as well. So are they really looking out for your best interest? You should start asking questions. Unfortunately, that's not the case. This here is embedded with fraud. It's just absolutely ridiculous. You don't even have a chance to hear out what's the possibilities and how they're going to serve your best interest. You really are left with no choice. And so this ideology that we're spreading misinformation is total bullshit. If we are, it's very simple. If we are spreading misinformation, none of the stuff that we do is edited. You can just go back to something we said and just replace it. With something factual. And John and I are humble enough to say, hey, if we were wrong, we'll say it. But you haven't showed us one piece yet. That's it. John, you want to close it out? You got anything? Yeah, I just want to say the PBA is a, mon a monarchy. 
It will never be the best man for the job. Pat Hendry was put there because he's soft, he's weak, he's timid, and he'll be told whatever he's going to do, somebody's going to be running your union from the outside. I don't think any of you guys are in on it. I just think you're too stupid to understand what's going on, and you're not paying attention, and you're not listening, and you're not seeing what, what we're showing you. I don't know how many posts I got to show you that were given anti-police politicians our funds and they're on social media today knocking the police response and saying that you're brutalizing the black and brown community. And they're going to continue to get your fucking money. They're going to continue to get your money and these two fucking jerk offs are going to go work for them. And you stupid fucks are going to go take pictures with them and go out drinking with them. Yeah, bro. Yeah, bro. Fuck those two lieutenants, bro. What if you wanted to be the PBA president? You have no ability to do it because they will block out the votes for you or they will run a fucking play candidate who's a liberal Democrat, just like they are. And you stupid fucks don't see that either. And they still, oh, they didn't get the votes. He didn't get the ballot. He never wanted to be a, the fucking PBA doll. He was getting child vouchers. I mean, we brought them on here to expose them. Fucking Hendry was too smart because obviously he knew he couldn't get exposed. He wasn't even going to the fucking roll calls. When he was, he was never standing in the middle. He was all the way off to the left. He let Torelli do all the speaking for him. I mean, you guys are just getting, you guys are just, you're pathetic, man. Absolutely pathetic. And I'm telling you right now, when you, any of you fucking delegates get fucked by CCRB, any of you body get fucked by the job, you're not coming on this podcast, I don't give a fuck. And you left that one last thing. And this is where they can't couldn't accomplish. If you try to challenge the PBA, they will smear your name, they will threaten you, and they will extort you, and they'll find a way to smear your career. Fortunately, John and I retired. They tried. We were threatened. We were even threatened with extortion, that the storm would be coming, that bad things would happen to us because we're speaking the truth. But you know what? They could not succeed. We do not fear their threats. They, they said they'll expose our past. Well, you know what? Everybody has a past. I could care less. Expose what you got, but we're here to fight for you, but you're not listening. You need to open your eyes, and you need to open your ears and actually listen to what's coming down and what they're actually feeding you. John says they're feeding you bird feed. That's exactly what they're giving to you, and you're eating it up. But you need to start asking questions and ask, wow, just like John said, if I, wanted to, if I had aspirations and I wanted to be president, president one day, how do I get in? Well, guess what? Your vote doesn't even count. The only one that votes that actually uh, petitions for signatures is delegates. You don't even, it doesn't even count. 20,000 members can't even vote. It's a Loctite monopoly. And it's a monopoly game that you can't even play. You can't even get $200 to pass go. Absolutely. And, and Pat Hendry, it's a new day, bro. It's a new day. I'm telling you right now. And everyone's asking why we're not calling out the SBA, the LBA. Believe me, when elections are, I'm running everybody. I'm making sure what donations are going out. Pat Hendry, it's a new day. You're going to be in charge. You're going to be the guy left holding the bag. I'm telling you right now, we'll be on top of you. We'll applaud you. We'll help you. If you go and give money to this leftist Democrat party, this anti-police party, we're going to be on top of you every step of the way. Every step of the way. And that goes for all of you delegates as well. I personally believe all of you delegates, all of you ones, except for the except for the, the guys that stood up against giving candidates more money, I personally believe all of you should get overthrown. None of you deserve to be delegates. I don't think you're smart enough. I just don't. And, and like Eric said, even Pat Hendry's winning, I still wouldn't check that box. 
fuck that. I wouldn't check that box. I wouldn't vote for anybody in that on that whole fucking ballot. I'll vote for the, the fucking the, the three transit guys. The only guys with a pair of balls, the three insurgents that got in, I wouldn't fucking vote for anybody else on that thing. Fuck that. They're going to win anyway. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> Why are they going to get your vote? You know, I like to give them a shout out also. And just, uh, again, like you said, we're not, we're not endorsing anybody, but I have admiration and respect that they stood up in Ireland by themselves. They've been booed. They felt the pressure of the PBA. And they, and, and they, they keep fighting and they're standing up for moral and principle. I have nothing but admiration and respect. And that's what we need to see. That's who's going to serve your best interest and, and best in mind. So, anything else, John, what do you think? No, yeah, I think we can end it with that. But, yeah, the th those three guys, they've been physically threatened. Their jobs have been threatened. They've been fucking played at every every step of the way <laughs> by the guy whose ballot they were supposedly on. They've been played the whole way. I don't know if they feel that same way. This is coming from me. I haven't spoke to them in regards to it. This is coming from me. I spoke to Eric about it. I know he feels the same way. It was never a real campaign that was running. There was no opposition. Um, so I have the utmost respect for them. I have no respect for the loyalists that, oh, we're going to just do everything. And if you're going to sit here and say that the last six years have been great and the PBA has done everything they can for you when you were all motherfucking Pat Lynch the last six years, you got to be fucking kidding me, man. You got to be kidding. You're not even real people. Um, I think we could end it with that. We'll go more into the elections at another time. Maybe we'll have some candidates on. Any of you trustees want to come on? Any fucking delegates want to come on? You could come on. You could talk about the thing. But we're not we're not providing questions for anybody anymore. I really got no respect for any of us anymore. We're gonna give you guys real fucking questions. So uh, I think with that with that being said, everybody that tuned in, you know, I appreciate it. We appreciate all the support. We appreciate all the messages, all the information. Um, you know, I'm going to let Eric end off. I know I was supposed to, but Eric, go ahead and end, end, end the day, my friend. Uh, thank you very much, everybody. Appreciate it. My prediction, the next contract is 2030. You probably agree. But with that being said, thank you, everybody, for the cops that are out there right now. You be safe. Take care of yourself. CCRB, New York City Council, these chiefs, knowing the police department can replace your fingers and your toes. There's a family out there that loves you. Put yourself first. You have the right to ask questions. All right. Don't dis don't disobey an order, but challenge your authority and make sure you're getting clear and concise information and make sure it's lawful. Write everything down because in three years from now, you're going to have a deposition and you're going to have to remember things. Okay. And the blame is going to be put on you. Write everything down. Create your own crime scene. Take your own notes. And for anybody out there, if you eventually face a civilian complaint, in regards to this, reach out to John and I. We are proud to help you, and we will help you through this so that you get through this financially, safely, physically safe. We care about your best interest. And that's 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 why we're doing this, all right? So, everybody, this is 265 Police Live, brought to you by the finest unfiltered. Thank you so much, John. I appreciate it. I'm sorry if my voice is going a little bit. Uh, I haven't feeling well, but thank you so much. We're doing this for you. Be safe out there. Be smart. Be a thinker. And to that uh, piece of shit lieutenant that's always uh, on his podcast, uh, bashing us, fuck him. <laughs>